to Down City Cash Chicago. After this weekend, it's going to be dark at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But before we turn out the lights, let's look back on the week in Chicago with some of the people who love it most. It's Friday, November 5th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. I'm joined by two fantastic guests from the Tribe Media producer Tonya Hill and WBEZ reporter Susie Ahn. Welcome to CityCast Chicago, y'all. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. First, I want to ask y'all both a quick question. Earlier this week, we talked about school lunches, but I wanted to ask y'all if there was a particular meal on your school lunch menu back when you were in high school that you avoided at all costs. I started off. For me, it was the pizza puff. (laughs) <laughs> right. We didn't talked about it on the show before. I love a good pizza puff with some salt and pepper, some lemon pepper, some mild sauce. My school never got it right. It was either one still too cold so it didn't sit in the fryer too long or two. They left it in too long and it just eroded the pizza puff and it like just like popped. Tonya, what was an item on your school lunch menu that you just, you was like, I I can't get down with that? There was some nachos, and on certain days, like, the cheese would look, like, glassy, kind of messy. Like, it was, I don't know how to explain it. It would just look very, like, not the rich yellow color you associate with, like, nacho Mm -hmm. cheese. So whenever the Uh, cheese, whenever I saw the lunch team working on that and they were mixing it up, and if it looked like that, then I was like, okay, I'm not going to get that. (laughs) I feel that. Like, I know it comes out of a bag, but, like, talk to me. Nice. What is this? (laughs) That's gross. Uh, Susie, what was an item that that you tried to avoid as much as possible? You know, I I think it was probably the hamburger at school, uh, mostly because once I saw a kid hockaloogie into his hamburger put it back in, didn't take a bite, and then just returned the tray. They didn't throw it in the garbage. Gee, what they the- like took they took the burger and I was like and they put it in a box and there was just this mystery of what's happening <laughs> to this uneaten burger that someone spit in and after that I'm like mm and actually, I after that I'm like I don't I don't trust this school lunch anymore. I'm just I'm gonna bring my lunch from now on. Both of y'all's answers. It wasn't even about the taste. It was protocol. <laughs> it was like I can't even put that on my plate. I don't even like what I'm looking at. Uh, let's jump into thinking about what was a story that really stayed on our, our heart and mind this week. Tonya, I'm gonna start with you. What was a story that you were following in Chicago that that you couldn't turn away from? Bella's interview with Kim Fox. Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox is what I've been uh, following. Yeah. Bella Boz, amongst other things, is a columnist over at the Tribe. We've had her on the show. Yeah, and you know, I just got to learn more about Cook County State's Attorney Fox's like philosophy as a prosecutor. And I don't know that I've ever seen a public official be this like vulnerable or just transparent, you know, about their upbringing and kind of just how that shapes you know, the policies that she's implemented or just like how she's looking at our city's violence in a way that I don't think most people do. They're not looking at all the the root causes of violence. Like we know that it's because people don't have access to the things that they need. Throughout this year and, and even since, since 2016, when Kim Fox became the first Black woman to ever be Cook County State's Attorney, there has been a way that she's framed in the media as 
often responsible or complicit in the violence in our city. You you often see this narrative that the mayor's office is fighting the police chief who is fighting Kim Fox, and they're in this triangle of conflict. And and, and Bella sitting down with Kim Fox at the West Side Justice Center just gave, like you said, a more vulnerable, intimate look. Something else I thought was also interesting is just like Bella is an organizer that was, you know, in 2016, leading one of the people that was leading for, you know, the by Anita Alvarez campaign. So it's kind of just also cool looking at how, you know, five years ago, we had a different state's attorney and the movement for Black Lives is kind of what well, basically what pushed Anita Alvarez out and what brought Kim Fox in. Yeah. <laughs> Having just uh, in the last couple of months sat down and watched the, the documentary, Unapologetic, and a lot of it follows Bella's journey in trying to get Anita Alvarez ousted. And, and in Kim Fox's time as Cook County State's Attorney, you know, they've eliminated cash bond. They worked to decriminalize drug possession and petty theft, as Bella writes, and, and destigmatize gun possession, right? Um, the tribe did a fantastic job with this, and I'm excited for, for part two. Uh, Susie, what, what was that story for you that, that you couldn't turn away from this week? Well, a story that came out from the Chicago Tribune uh, is is this story highlighting women in Chicago radio calling out toxic and sexist work culture. Um, this is coming at a time where you know at WTMX they're they're kind of dealing with this uh, situation surrounding Eric Ferguson. A few women there um, have come forward alleging sexual harassment and mistreatment by him. But it's kind of sad that you see management seem to stand by him. In all of this, my my current colleague Mary Dixon is uh, quoted in in the story with her time at WXRT, and and it's just frustrating to hear how a, a veteran in the industry could be treated. There, there's another uh, woman in there, Emma Mack, who who is a current employee at WXRT, and there, there's this one quote from her about how you know she was asking for a raise and the the management said like lay it on me babe like you practiced in the mirror i mean that is so condescending i when would when would a man you know who is trying to ask for a raise be told that i'm i'm glad it's been brought to light and i hope that um there is some real change and it's not just sort of treated as well, you know, you're the only one who's experienced it. So maybe let's just let's just move on and blah, that's it. We're definitely going to continue to follow this story as closely as possible because, you know, we say it every time it comes up, rooting this out is not as simple as firing people. This is something that we have to address like up and down uh, the ranks in our industry. Tony, I'm going to kick it back to you. What was a, a story that deserved more hype this week in, in your opinion? I saw this interesting story from Block Club about um, student journalists at um, CPS high schools that are having like a hard time publishing their newspapers because of this um, CPS law um, that is supposed to just protect student data, but it's looking like it's having some other consequences with students being able to access these different um, software that they use to publish their papers. I know Adobe is something that's widely used. So some of them have lost access to Adobe, the software itself, and they're kind of just afraid that they might lose, you know, decades worth of work 
Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I think that the person who helped kind of write that law was saying, no, CPS is misinterpreting this. They're they're making this more stringent than it needs to be. So it's like journalism students who are trying to get a paper out aren't able to do it because of this law. Meanwhile, let's say students in in Highland Park putting out their school newspaper can use the same system and get it out no problem. And so it's just, it's unfair that, you know, one student here can't do it and the other student over here can. Yeah, that that's, I, that's a story that definitely flew under the, the radar for me. I'm glad you bring it more attention to it. I was on my school newspaper in high school and it was probably one of the only clubs that really kept my attention. Susie, what's an underhyped story that you were focused on this week? I mean, this this might be appropriately hyped. I'm not sure, but I, <laughs> I definitely feel like it needs more, more attention. This is the story from ProPublica about the Afghan refugees, the children at the Chicago shelter. The one in Bronzeville seems to be the one that that had the most issues where a lot of kids with trauma, obviously a lot of trauma, who weren't getting the services they they need. This week, the new sort of development is that more lawmakers are paying attention, trying to to get more resources over there. And and since the initial story um, late last week where we heard about kids harming themselves, each other, workers, uh, a lot of it stemming from just not having that in-person interpretation and and other services available since then they they are starting to get interpreters over to that facility and to try to get more mental health services for these kids obviously they're they're separated from their parents some parents who may still be back in Afghanistan and and some of these kids have been here for you know 60 days more than 60 days in this facility and you know, from from the looks of it, it, it it sounds like it's you know not not sort of like a a, a shelter feel, but more more like a detention center for some yeah. of these kids. We had a story earlier this uh, summer when we talked to some individuals at a high school up in Rogers Park who have a large population of immigrant students, and they talked about how difficult it is for people to transition not only to America, but into American culture, into an American school. And the Heartland shelters are are just not equipped, as these pieces point out, to help kids in that transition. And, and trying to, to keep attention on the refugee crisis is such a, a difficult task to do, but but it is important. Um, because more and more kids are are bound to show up with or without their parents in the coming months. Man, it's always a hard transition going from underhyped because it's all <laughs> yeah. it's almost always something very difficult. But it is important that we leave the people with something going into the weekend, uh, a moment of joy from your life or some good news that you saw from Chicago this week. Uh, Susie, I'm going to I'm going to start with you. Did you have a, a, a moment of joy or some good news you want to give the CityCast listeners? Yeah, you know, I feel like my moment of joy. I have to say, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm able to get one of my kids vaccinated now with the five to eleven year olds being approved for the vaccination. That's great and all, but I think really my fun story of the week. It's more like the meme of Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about Scottie Pippen's soon to be released <laughs> memoir, Unguarded. <laughs> You dropped Scotty and, over me. I, 
I thought I was gonna get through the whole. I I promise you, I put this whole cut. I thought I was gonna get through the whole week without anybody mentioning Scotty Pippen, and I'm glad I didn't put no money on it. <laughs> I I mean I have to. I mean have have you read the stuff surrounding it? It's just like whoa whoa Scotty. <laughs> Scotty big man. Uh, yeah, I mean I I think. Most people in Chicago watched uh, The Last Dance at the beginning of, of the pandemic. And so Scotty was not happy um, after that documentary. And and he's kind of carried over his displeasure in, in this memoir that's uh, soon to be released. Yeah, Scotty Pippen, like, from what he says, a couple of the teammates from that championship run... They they weren't like the rest of Chicagoans or Americans, people around the world who were obsessed with the last dance. They thought it should have been called Michael Jordan dancing with Michael Jordan uh, <laughs> because so much of the documentary ultimately centers, as most narratives around the Chicago Bulls, they center Michael Jordan and his experience and his time. Even when I was looking at the NBA just released their 75th anniversary top 75 players list. Scottie Pippen's face, the one they used for him, was that clip when he was trying to get Michael Jordan to come back to the Bulls and he points at his shoe with the Bulls logo or the Jordan logo on the bottom of it. And and Scottie's just like, come on back to us when the rumors were getting hot. And I'm like, this moment is to honor Scottie. And the the clip y'all picked is him asking Michael Jordan to come Bring the Bulls back to championship glory. Tony, I know mm-hmm. you you had to see Scotty's grounds. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think that he is well within his rights. Yeah. To be pissed off. To still be irritated a little bit by that. Wow, of all the pictures that they have. Yeah. Uh, Tony, what was the, some good news for the CityCast listeners this week? Um, I was going to talk about the Bulls, too. I know you did last week, but I'm just excited. You know, I'm Keep excited. talking. Keep talking, my G. I'm very excited because I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I, I kind of started kind of not being as in tune with them over the last few years. Mm-hmm. I was tired of getting my heart broken, you know. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I've been watching. They look mm-hmm. good. You know, that was a tough loss to the 76ers. You know, so it's it's just like basketball is fun again for me. I'm glad you 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 talked about the Bulls. We can talk about them every day. <laughs> we talked about them last Friday. Talked about them with Lawrence. Um, my moment of joy is listening uh, to the new Mick Jenkins album, Elephant in the Room. Mick Jenkins is a 30-year-old rapper, originally from Alabama, but he lived a lot of his life in Chicago. And now he's back with a very quick listen. It's 12 songs, about 38 minutes. It's called Elephant in the Room. And he's so poetic. He's so rooted in neo-soul and old-school R&B beats. And, and it's got that updated flow. But But he's working through now what it's like to be a 30-year-old black man married to the love of his life. Uh, He's navigating his faith. He's navigating the things he sees in his city. I think it's a top choice for potentially one of the best rap albums of the year. Okay, definitely will take a listen to that. Yeah, adding that to my list, all I have is like kid music going on (laughs) all the time over here. Hey, it's understandable. Uh, If you can get away, throw on on your headphones, get a couple moments, throw on that. Uh, Another, a good song he has, it was the third single, it's called Scotty Pippen. Mm. (laughs) Okay. I was tripping. I was used to that shit. It's like suicides after practice. I was conditioned this way. You a brand new conditioner. 
From the Tribe, media producer Tony Ahil and WBEZ reporter Susie Ahn, I appreciate y'all for Grayson City Cash Chicago with y'all presence and intellect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jacoby. Before I let you go, we spent a lot of time talking about lunchroom items we ain't quite like, so I want to make sure we mentioned a few we loved. Lead producer Carrie Shepard, what's a go-to lunchroom item you miss? I don't remember my school lunches because I think I packed a lunch. But one thing I do remember and miss are the personal pan pizzas from Pizza Hut that you got if you read X amount of books. And I still sometimes really want just a cheap personal pan cheese pizza. Producer Simone Alicea, what's one of your favorites back in the day? In middle school, I was actually a big fan of the Sloppy Joe because we didn't get it very often, and I actually found it very satisfying. Newsletter writer Cindy Madden. I usually brought my lunch, but there was a frozen pizza situation option that I really liked. And me, I'm not even going to hold you. Those Bosco sticks, I'm talking garlic bread wrapped around mozzarella cheese, them boys was like currency in my lunchroom. I want to give a huge shout out to Sam Trump and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop for the music they provide us here at City Cash Chicago. And of course, I want to thank you. I'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. I can't believe they pay me to do this. This is re- I feel like I'm 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 feel like I'm scamming somebody. I'm finessing somebody. Like this don't make sense to me.